Hi, this is Ricky Stewart, and if you want to listen to a Raiders podcast, then you should listen to the official one, Behind the Limelight, with Raider Nick. Not this rubbish, with Flakey Blakey. Blake and the Pork. Blake and the Pork. Blake and the Pork. It's Raiders Review, with Blake and the Pork. Hello and welcome to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. I'm the Pork. I'm Blake. And this is the third most popular Raiders podcast on the internet coming to you from the filthiest storeroom hidden somewhere in the bowels of Civic, the location of which we will never reveal, will we, Blake? No. And no. it's brought to you with the dubious support of The Greenhouse, the Canberra Raiders' number one fan forum. Get online and get interacting. They're on Twitter. They're on Facebook. They are on their own page. Facebook Live. Yeah, it, it's all fantastic. Mr. Ferrari out there with Facebook Live. It's a great thing. Get involved. Involved people. Uh, also brought to you by the, with that cash money sponsorship of Landspeed Records. Come in and buy your CDs, your LPs, your posters, your clothing. You can even get turntables here from people who love the Canberra Raiders as much as you do. And if you're listening to this podcast, you love the Canberra Raiders. So, Blake. Yes. Before we go into the recap of the game against the Roosters, we're also going to shout out um, Dennis Carnahan. Dennis Carnahan, of course, great Raiders fan, friend of the show, mm-hmm. and provider of our uh, incredible opening theme tune you've just heard. Without any question, the best theme song on any podcast to do with Rugby League anywhere. No question that's the best. Yeah. Uh, Rugby League, the musical, the album. The album. Is now uh, available to listen to on all, all the streaming uh, providers. Spotify, Apple, Google, YouTube, you name it, it's on there. Um, features some of the greatest hits of the show, including, uh, of course, That's in Queensland. Queensland. That's in Queensland. The song that most people know. The Kaysan of Dennis Carnahan, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's reworked it a number of times. Yeah, he has reworked it a number of times, but he still left his heart to the sappers around Queensland. Yeah, the, the, the shite and songs are so on there, but... No blow up, Jeff. I gotta say, I was disappointed to see. And and when actually looking at the track listing, none of the songs that are reworkings of other popular tunes. So maybe that's got something to do with copyright. I don't know. It may have something to do with copyright. Also disappointing, the Blake and the Pork theme isn't on there. It really um, should be on there. Maybe we can get in a special deluxe extended yes. version with the Blake and the Pork. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Like a tenth anniversary edition with like extended B sides <laughs> or outtakes. Blake and Pork theme can get on there, Dan. It's just just an idea for yeah, you. Yeah, but, it's just an but idea. Check it out there. It's it's currently. Um, Number one on the uh, musical comedy charts, and uh, it's out through ABC Records. Disappointed not to see it's not out through KTL, but maybe not around anymore. I hear rumours, people, that it's gonna be nominated for an aria for best uh, musical comedy record. That being the case, there's gonna be a time where I'm gonna be expecting every single one of you to get online and vote. Well, you can't actually vote for the aria. Aria isn't like the Logies; it's not a public vote. I'm sure we'll find a way to make it do. When I find out I how actually... we can influence the vote. You guys are going to help us. I get to vote in the areas, but usually only like one or two categories. So I don't think that that I'm known for my comedy music. Uh... Well, you should put your hand up. I know. You Who's voting up. for this? I don't know, mate. But anyway, Dennis Carnahan, <laughs> not only is he the best rugby league uh, satire musician in the country, in the world, because he is the number one, there's no question. Second is Daylight. Um, and third is some strange guy in Triple M who's really, really ordinary. Um, but he's a fantastic, as Ricky would say to me, you're Raiders man, Dennis. You're Raiders man. And he is. So get on there, buy that. It's a laugh. It's fantastic. Support the people who support the team that you support. So going to more dire things, I've, I've been 
I've, I took it pretty well. I took I, that I, last pretty I've well. I took my sad place this week. Um, nah, I took Sunday saw me sitting in a dark room listening to Taylor Swift songs, um, crying quietly to myself. Um, that's really that's a really tragic. Uh, it was really really bad. You know, I was listening. <laughs> Where was your family? It was it Father's Day. They are outside trying to make me stop playing Cardigan Street on repeat. But um, I don't know. I don't know. There's there's a point in something where I remember after the 2002 Collingwood Brisbane Grand Final, everyone made fun of Paul Lecuria crying his eyes out on Mickey Malthouse's shoulder like he was soft or something. And but that's not why Paul Lecuria was crying. It's because he'd been on Jason Ackermanis that day and he had played the best Paul Lecuri could play. He had done what he could do. And it he wasn't enough. everything he could do and it wasn't enough. And on the big stage, he had found that he wasn't quite to that standard and that's why he was crying. I Look, reflecting on the loss to the Roosters, I wasn't that disappointed because honestly, I mean, the second half, uh, the first half was, you know, top shelf from both sides. Mm. The second half dropped away a bit. Uh, we missed Papa a lot in the second oh, wow. half. But honestly, you know, we came up against the team that invariably is the benchmark. You know, they fade in and out, but they always seem to hit their straps at the right end of the season. And look, to me, the difference was James Tedesco. It absolutely was. Yeah. And that's part of what was sad about. Not that James Tedesco was the difference. I don't think that was a problem because you know he's good. He was like he had, had flies on him. No one wanted to touch him. But the issue was, we have a player like that. In those matches, you have to have your X-Factors come up. For years, the Melbourne Storm based their play around stopping the opponents actually playing football, sticking to their plan, and then playing the Billy Slater ball. He'll do something amazing and score a try. The Roosters played their James Tedesco ball, and he did something amazing twice and scored. That's why James Tedesco is a million-dollar-plus player, But my point and Jack Whiten isn't. And this is my point. Jack is that player. Jack is the guy. Who he's on potential. He's that player, but at the moment, he's the Sean Johnson who looks like a million dollar player one week, or the Michael Morgan looks like a million dollar player one week. But can't. there's very few players in the NRL that are truly worth a million dollars a year. I agree with that, but this is and, I, and I'm, that's, I'm not gonna, I, I, I'm not going to tar Jack Whiten with the Sean Johnson brush. I mean, that's just that's that's he's nasty. not as inconsistent as Sean Johnson. But it's that's not, my point. In, in, in order for us to challenge the Roosters, in order for us to win the premiership, beat the Roosters, it's a big ask. But Jack Whiten has to be a nine out of ten, or at the very released, an eight out of ten every week. And this is why this was what was missing in that, and what I was calling for during the game, and I call for now, Jack. If we're going to win. It's because you want the ball, not just some. He of the was times, very quiet, but in the first all of half. the time. And you've got to run it. You've got to go to the line, and you've got to have sides looking at you like they look at Tedesco, like they look at Nathan Cleary, saying, "Is he going to kick it? Is he going to pass it? Is he going to run it? I just don't bloody know." And they freak out about it. The issue was in the first half and the second half. I think you ran the ball a combined three times. Well, in the first half, he was very quiet, and in the second half, I thought. He's gonna have to. He's gonna come out and he's gonna do a lot more. And he mm. sort of tried to do more in the second half, is how I thought. But he had a lot of errors. I mean, the, two, the, the, two the times first he ran error the ball and in the second half, and it was only literally desperate, desperate tackles by one um, Josh Morris and two Daniel Tupo, who both played brilliantly, by yeah. the way, that stopped him getting through. It, it took top-notch tackles in both cases to stop him. But the Roosters have those top-notch tacklers. And Kiri did a pretty damn good tackle on him at one stage he too. But yeah. he had to keep going. He was going to get through. He just had to keep going. He had to go at it like a battering ram because Jared Croker 
went at the rooster's line with the ball in hand like a crash test dummy. He went into it again and again and again, and he kept getting smashed, and he kept getting up, but he kept getting smashed. And my issue was, if Jack White had been doing the same, he would have gone through. Yeah. He would have gone through. We would have scored the points. Um, but the kick out, and the, the well, the not kicking the penalty out, that was a real big mistake. And when he's, when he's made a number of Especially going to Daniel Tupo's wing, because Daniel Tupo is six foot six, six foot seven. Yeah. And he has a, a vertical standing leap, which would make an AFL draft potential number one pick jealous. When he jumped for that ball, he got, I reckon, minimum three foot off the ground, yeah. probably four. And with his extended body shape up there, he was a good 10 foot off the ground. You know, he was a good 10 foot off the ground when he came up there. 10 foot going over the sideline, there's nothing wrong with that. Jack Whiten has to take into account who's going to be on that sideline. Yeah, you got to, you got to think about that before you go for maximum it, yards. It, it, it's not going to be, you know, Josh Mansour and every stinking wing. And, you know... Matt Utai. Yeah, Matt Utai. <laughs> both fantastic running... Corey Thompson. Forward, but they're not tall players. Daniel Tupo is brilliant in the air. He could yeah. be, you know... Well, I mean, he took that... He scored that try... So easily as well, didn't he? Oh, great! That was take a, that was great put down all of the it same was, time. But he was really didn't have. There wasn't. You know, you got to know that's coming. He's really. a class act, though. Yeah, and and on that one too as well. It was um, Flanagan. Oh, Flanagan. Flanagan took the kick, yeah. and he had all the time in the world. There was no pressure on the he kick. Did. He did. The other thing about Tedesco is really at at the ground and close to. God, he's fast. Like it. it not only is he yeah, yeah. is he th- offering so much threat. Yeah, he's doing it at. A million, a million miles an hour. Miles an hour yeah. Incredible, incredible is, play. It's a bit of a sliding doors moment, isn't it? Because you, you're there and you're thinking, <clears throat> if only James Tedesco had signed with us at 2015, yeah. he probably still would have been playing for the Roosters that on yeah, Saturday yeah, maybe, night. Even, but even, even if he had come to the Raiders, I reckon he still would have gone he, he to the Roosters. He could change directions like four times on the spot. And, and it was like he had flies on him. Um, but he was very good. Look, but there was... Um, we do have the uh, land speed records, Blake and the Pork, man of the match for the game. And we were pretty much uh, agreed on Joe Tarpanay, who once more put in a brilliant, brilliant effort. He's really gone to another level. Mm. And what I was saying last week on the show, and it's evident again this week, they pretty much just stopped him. They don't even really put him to the ground. Mm. Like, there's three or four people, and they're just holding him up. Yeah. And he's always either get, looking for an offload or a quick play of the ball. Or there's there's things happening. And he's got that and, smile on his face, which yeah. is just must be terrifying. For but he players. looked, in, in terms of us getting a try, and, and uh, he looked the most likely. He, he most certainly did. Along with CNK and Nick Cottridge, who I both thought really had a deal. Oh, CNK... He throws himself absolute, at the yeah. line. He, he, was, he was brilliant, and I thought... The other one Nick that Cottridge needs, needs a mention is Ryan Sutton. Oh, yeah, Ryan Sutton has really He come played up. the first 40 minutes um, straight, and he, he played did. 60 minutes. I think he ran for over 160 metres. And He's now unlike, in the front row rotation. And unlike um, previous games, he didn't have a drop in him. Zero errors, which is... He's really got his, his shoulder to the grindstone. He's a, he's a t- he's moved into Elliot Whitehead, tough palm status. Yeah, look, and he's, he's one of those props. I mean, um, you wouldn't necessarily, you know, say he's the, the flashiest prop, no. but he's he's the, the guy that's going to work. He's a worker, and you need, you need those in your pack. Yeah, you do. But look, great stuff for us um, in that match was, although we ended up with 33 missed tackles in that, and I would suspect 50% of those were on, you know, um, uh, Tedesco. James Tedesco. 
Uh, what really caught us in that match really came down to, because the defence was amazing from both sides. The defence yeah. was amazing. That was the best defence you will see in the NRL. Those two sides have it. You know, you can look at Penrith for good, if you like. You can look at Melbourne, have been a benchmark. But this season, the two best defensive sides are the Raiders and the Roosters. They just are. They're the sides you're least likely to get through. And that that's shown up in the scores against them. You know, they just... That's other sides have less against them, but that's because they're scoring a lot. Yeah. The so, thing the thing about, like, and the question marks about our attack after that game, but was it really a case that our attack was that bad? Or was it just the Roosters' defence was so good? And you know what? You can't go around in, them in, other, in otherwise. In that match, well. I was looking at Jerry Sutton and I was thinking to myself, geez, there were some times when he was being so lenient on the Roosters in the way they were defending and their offside and stuff. And then all of a sudden he'd ping the hell out of them yeah. and be lenient as hell on us. Where I was thinking, oh, geez, that could have I, been a look, six again. That could have been six again. That should have been offside. So it, it, he didn't really enter I don't think it. he did a bad job. I don't think I there's don't anything think, you I think say. Yeah. I don't think the Roosters were doing anything we weren't doing, is no. my point. Um, and while they were... They were getting up off the line, but he did blow quite a few penalties. He did. They, they conceded six. We only conceded three. We conceded far more six agains than they did. But he did go in spurts. I don't think he had the impact on the match. But I thought the defence was you know, just absolutely brilliant in that game. Um, and it's something is they just need to get those scoring points. And if Jack steps up, that that's you know really going to be something. But the defence is really really good. Um, and you know going forward to this week, you know we've got the uh, the the Dragons down there at Wynn Stadium, um, and that's going to be a, a hard match. But you know before we get into that, uh, we've got our listener of the weekend. Who's our listener of the week this week, Blake? Listener of the week is uh, Danny Ando. Mm. You can find him on Twitter at Ando um, Ando Danny. Hang yeah. on a second, I'm just going to find this for you. Uh, and and he is amusing. Just ask him. He thinks he's stinking hilarious. <laughs> um, one, one of the prerequisites um, for being um, listener of the week at, at the moment, it seems, is to be on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, most of the engagement with Blake and the Pork yeah. does occur on Twitter. Occasionally, we get something on Facebook, but usually it's pretty unclear... Yeah, yeah. what the person's trying to say yeah. or even what language they're speaking half That's the time. True. So, That's true. But um, Danny Ando, yeah, uh, Ando Danny at Twitter, Can he describes himself as Canberra Raiders fan, beer drinker, object thrower, math savant, wiki vandalizer, Westie, and president of the Raheem uh, Cornwall fan club. Are you familiar with Raheem Cornwall? No, but I'm going to go out there and find no, out. No, he's great. Raheem Cornwall's absolutely brilliant. He's the guy... He's a West Indies uh, all-rounder. Oh, spinner he's the big unit. He's the 140 oh, yeah, 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 kilo yeah, yeah, guy. I've seen it, yeah, 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 he's, yeah. He's, I've been watching a bit of the uh, Calypso Premier League at the moment. It's on, on TV most nights. And yeah, he's, he opens the batting. He has a swing at everything. Um, he doesn't even need to connect all the ball for it to go to six. Sometimes he gets out cheaply. Sometimes he's, you know, he smashes sixes. It's never dull. If there's one player you think that the um, people behind the Big Bash League should look at bringing in, Australian fans would absolutely love to see the massive unit just out there swinging the bat. Mm. And he bowls spin as well. He's a good spin bowler as well. He's not just an out-and-out -out slogger. He's the George Rose of West Indian cricket. Yeah, he's brilliant. He, he's, pro he's probably a dinosaur, but he's good for everyone to enjoy. Um, look, there were... Uh, were well, Speaking of Danny Ando, though, yeah, he's... Follow him on Twitter because he's, he's moved into... He does some bizarre stuff. And he's moved into the world of impressions. And he's recently been doing impressions of um, Des Hasler... Uh, Anthony Seabold and um, Nabel from the the Fox oh, from, from Matt, the, Nabel. Matt Nabel from the Fox promo. So yeah, good stuff. I met Na Matt Nabel. Oh, I don't mind. He was I, wandering around looking important. I said, "So what do you do?" <laughs> and he looked at me like I was taking the piss. And then I discovered who he was, and I was like, 
I'd never heard he of played, him he played, Didn't he play a couple of games for Manly or something back in the day? I think Could he have did. done. I think he played a couple of first grade games. bloke. Oh, look, he's Matthew John's uh, best mate, which is kind of... Right. Which he's, is kind of... He's, he's, he's leg into Fox Sports. His commentary, not that good. His promos, while sort of becoming a bit of a cliche now, I, I think are quite good. I do. I like his... I, I think there's a great place for those those promo cliches. Yeah. I, I love them. Oh, the Papali one I, at the start of the year with the dice traits. Look, that that was fantastic. Yeah, no, that was good. That was very good. I did enjoy that immensely. But there were some things that uh, irritated me uh, in the Roosters game. One thing in particular, you might say it ground my gears. You know what really grinds my gears? And you know what ground my gears? The second Tedesco try, which really sort of put the game to bed. Did James Tedesco not push someone into one of our defenders and make them not able to get at the ball? I mean, the fact that that wasn't even reviewed, no one actually looked at the fact that you've kicked the ball, then you've shoved someone, obstructed a defender in that, and everyone sort of stopped. Even you sort of stopped because everyone was anticipating it being brought back, but no one really looked at it. And when I went back and looked at it, I thought, gee, I've seen Raiders tries pulled back for that. You know, when... um, uh, Saliva Havili stands in the line. Yeah. They pass the ball and stands in the line, and they say, "Oh, he obstructed the defender." It's like, well, if nothing else, Tedesco did exactly the same thing. He obstructed someone getting through, and I didn't see. I, it I wasn't even looked at. I haven't watched a replay of that. I saw it at the ground, and then probably I didn't even really want to watch it on the the replay. No, I probably I probably hung my head in. My sad point is, he, I'm not certain that it was or not. What I do know is every time the Raiders have one of those things, and other sides as well, there is that try, no try, Raiders. And in this case, you know, like we're going to go through, we're going to look at every way we can possibly say that's a no try for the Raiders. In that, there was certainly something that needed looking at, a la the week before with uh, the Fatala Mariner try, and somehow <laughs> the punker finds a way not to bother looking at it. And it grinds my gears, Blake. It b- grinds my gears. Um, now we move on to everyone's favourite segment, Ass Clown of the Week. <laughs> the most talked about segment on the show, I think, in the history, in the mm-hmm. brief history of Blake and the Pog. Was this our third year? I have no idea. I've I been think paying it's our attention. Third year. It's episode our... 46, that count? Yeah, yeah, I think this is our third year. Um, and there's been a bit of controversy around this. Well, not really. It's not really controversy. It's been pretty clear. Uh, you say Ass Clown. I say Ass Clown. A-R-S-E as opposed to Ass A-R-S-E is Oris. One of the one of the listeners, Ryan Gillard, Gilby Gillard, um, actually conducted previous a, previous listener of the week. Could have been the inaugural. Was he the inaugural? One Possibly, of the, one unlikely of the very first. ever to be listener of the week again. One of the first listeners of the week conducted a poll on Twitter, and a whopping eighty-two percent of the listeners agreed with me that it's Ars A R S E, mm. not Ass. Eighteen um, percent. You the aforementioned Danny Ando, one of the few, obviously, to side with you. Anyway, similar that, stats coming out of the United States about you know like the same sort of majority of people thinking that COVID is, let me talk. It, it, COVID is a you know uh, let me talk a conspiracy. And, no, it's not true. Um, oh, it's not true. So, ask clown of the week. Honorable. We usually have an honorable mention, then we go into the main one. Honorable mention this week for mine is um, Josh Reynolds and Russell Packer. Oh, when when you're on, you're standing <laughs> to earn seven hundred and fifty to eight hundred thousand uh, dollars next year, and the club would do anything you give them the slightest chance to tear up your contract for yeah, next yeah. year and not to get that money just sit through the room, second half of the crappy game you know yeah, yeah, yeah. don't get up and leave don't give obviously that wasn't grounds to tear up their contract but you know Jesus, it, don't, it, don't, don't, let, don't let them put that in a dossier that they're going to prepare a la you know Josh Dugan or and look I will say from experience 
Brookvale is without question the most uncomfortable ground to be at. Like there is no question, it is cramped, it is old, the seats are horrible, you're in a fishbowl. And where the players have to sit um, is down in that little cage next to the sideline. And they have, when the players run out, they have these two fences they run through to stop the crowd coming through. Do you ever notice when you watch um, games from Brookvale, you can just hear that one fan in particular? Mm. Manly! And he used to be always the one that would be leading the Brett Stewart chat. Brett Stewart! No, you ever notice that? No, no next no. time you watch it, there's always like this one man, and I don't know whether he's positioned right there. It's probably maybe, the they wanted to get, maybe they wanted to get away from him. It'll be the, yeah, maybe. It's the Atmos mic that sits right in front of the Fox thing. Anyway, but, um, yeah, no, you don't do that, boys. Don't do that. You know, Russell Packer, I've I, I met him the once, and he seemed like an all right guy. He didn't um, try and jump on your head? No, there was witnesses. Um, yeah. Nor did he try and urinate in his own pants yeah, at that you, particular you, moment. You, you didn't try and bum a smoke off him or whatever. No, but I'm pretty confident he had some. Um, yeah. But uh, Josh Reynolds, you know my high opinion of him. Um, I like Josh Reynolds. Yeah, Josh Reynolds great. <laughs> I've got a, there's a photo of me very drunkenly with Josh Reynolds. I've got to find. I'll see if I can find it. My, my ass clown of the week is the person who decided leaking the story about uh, Big Papa returning to Queensland. At at most in that story, at most in that story, it is a player manager trying to provoke as much money as well. Can. So, there's the quote from Josh Papali where he's saying, you know, we've got to consider, you know, his his family back in Queensland. I actually thought his parents had moved to Canberra, but obviously they've moved back to because the whole family I think moved here at one stage because mm. his brother was at the Raiders as well, coming through the ranks, and things didn't go so great for his My brother. My point but- is the chances of him moving at this stage um, are slim to nil. Um, if the Raiders give him the money he deserves. And yeah, the Raiders are going to give him the money he deserves. Show him the money, because at the end of the day, he's 28 now. Yeah. Um, Take him he's, 32 minimum. Yeah, he's 28. He's realistically coming into his prime yeah. as a prop. Yeah. That, that sort of 28 to 32 is really when props really come into, yeah. come into their own. Um, and he deserves to be paid David Clemmer money. He deserves to be oh, paid totally. top he, line he, he's, he's the number one prop in the game. Yeah. I don't think that I don't think anyone argues that, do they? I mean, JWH has a good claim. Jared Warrior. I think he's. I think he's jumped the shark. Um, Maybe, but he's pretty damn yeah. good still. Takiyaho was was a lot more effective against us than yeah. JWH. JWH looked off a bit off the a bit little the pace. bit, but he was still pretty damn good. Look, David Clemmer is still. But right David up Clemmer, there. yeah, eight hundred and fifty k a season. That's what Josh Papali deserves to be paid. And you know, sorry, I believe he's on more than that. Who? Josh Papali now. No. I think so. No, he's not on more than that. I think he's on about 700. And he deserves that 850 money. He definitely he deserves, deserves that 850 money. If he's not already on it, he definitely deserves it. Because let me tell you, there's a story about Ruben Wiki, right? And Ruben Wiki was happily well, at look, the Raiders. David Fafita is getting 1.25, Josh yeah, Papali deserves 1.25. That's, that's, that's crazy. That's stupid That's money, crazy money. And, and I don't think Josh Papali would expect that, and he's not going to get paid that anywhere. But, oh, a um, stupid amount of money. Yeah. But eight fifty, mate, because I'll tell you a story about Ruben Wiki. For years, Ruben Wiki was at the Raiders and was happy at the Raiders and effectively um, never looked elsewhere. So that throughout his career, he was here for unders. Yeah. And I think it occurred to him at the back end of his career that he had shortchanged himself. And that's when the Warriors came in um, with a big money offer. You know, some of that, as it turned out in hindsight, was... Um, done outside of the salary cap and yeah. Raiders fans feel a bit dirty about that but we had underpaid him yeah. for all those years and so we saw how sad he was to leave the Raiders but then they got to the back end of his career and he's like I've only got you know three years yeah, to go yeah, yeah. I've got to make as much money as possible to set myself up for life Yeah. 
So yeah, I don't think we should fall into the trap that you know we can pay Josh Papali no. unders to stay at the Raiders. We've got to pay him what he's worth. Yeah, and he is worth it. Yeah. He's, he's one of the key three players in our side, and him. But when that story came out, look, I, I wanted to believe that it was all there was nothing to it, you know. And then the the team had come out and say this is all, uh, you know, it, there's nothing to it. He's staying. But recent events have made us all a bit nervous. I think you know, mm-hmm. in light of the Bateman and Kotrick, who various points we thought, no, they're not leaving. But once once you get that sort of you get that sort of fear, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I just I read that and it's just like oh, I don't want to go through reason, this again. But yeah, let me let me put you to you know at ease at this. Part of the reason Kotrick didn't get that extra money, and Bateman didn't get that extra money, is because as I said to you a while ago, they were looking to upgrade Josh Papali, and you said oh he signed through to the end of X. Yeah, he had, but they were looking to secure him in the long term. Part of the reason why they didn't is because they wanted the money to make sure that Papali stayed. They have the money. He's in the planning. It's going to happen. That's why they're talking about it now. All the talk that was coming out in that press was literally someone just saying, don't think it's going to be all one-way traffic. There's other people interested to try and make sure the other people are interested to come in. The Titans can't be interested. They just spent all their money, and I mean all their money, on Fafita. Like, they just busted their salary cap on a non spine player which is just astounding the Bron- and, they're go- and they're going to find another million for Cameron Smith between now <laughs> yeah, the Broncos would love him but that's not their, their priority I used to fear that, that was my big fear for a long time with Josh Papali that he would go and this if there's go to the Broncos risk, there. And, and this I, that was my fear several years ago that when um, when what's his name retired uh, Thiday Sam Thiday retired yeah. I thought oh this is Josh Papali is the obvious candidate and I always thought the, my fear was that he'll want to go reunite with his best mate Milford the Broncos well Milford's probably not going to be at the Broncos next year or beyond be next very, year and, but that's the reason the Broncos aren't that big a threat they have to get rid of Darius they have to get rid of Jack well Bird, Darius is so. gone yeah Darius is gone this year yeah right but Jack Bird's contract still goes on Milford's contract still goes well, on well Milford and, and Bird a... both have options in their favour for next year yeah. and of course they've taken them up yeah, because why, why, why wouldn't up. they yeah of course, because so. <laughs> they know they're not going to get paid a million bucks anywhere else. So, no, like, right. so they're going to take them up. So at the moment, and then the Broncos have also just had to pay out Seabolt, which has an impact on the salary cap. So, but it's that's a different salary cap. It is, but it's also in that that realm. And money isn't the problem for the Broncos, but at the same time, they can't just be going and splashing it left, right, and centre. And Tony Staggs can take some money to keep. Although there is a lot of talk about his attack being good, his defence not so crash hot. Yeah. Which, but I still think that can be taught. Uh, one more, one more ask plan of the week. Yes, go. And it is uh, whoever it was at the NRL that came up with the figure that Sonny Bill Williams' return to the code was worth um, thirty-two million dollars in coverage. I mean, that's just ridiculous how people come up with these figures. Like, there, there were talk that there were going to be a hundred people, hundred million people watching um, the the Roosters and Raiders game, such as the interest in Sonny Bill Williams. Well, I'd like to see some some basis to any of this. It was the biggest rating football match of the weekend. Oh, well, that goes with that. That was the grand but, final rematch on the Saturday night, beat, of course. Beat out the Thursday and the Friday night free to airs. Um, that's 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 a good thing. It's I not worth thirty two million dollars. Like well, his people... twelve minutes wasn't, and it no. was not a good twelve minutes. No, either. it's you know what that twelve minutes reminded you know me. It... it reminded me of um, like a celebrity retirement coming out of retirement appearance at the Auckland Nines. Yeah, it was a bit kind of like when you know he Crow looked Cross like <laughs> when I was watching him warm up, he looked like an old rugby union second rower. That's what his body shape had gone into, which is great if you're leaping in the air, you know, at number four. But he played centre or driving. But he looks like a second row, or driving the scrum, or in a mall. It's fantastic. Running, I'm not even sure what position they played him in. 
He played in the middle. But he played sort of lock, forward, prop, whatever. And then, obviously, it was pretty clear that he's not really that good defensively in the middle and they got him off as quickly as they could. The the pace, too, wasn't there. Now, it's his first match back for quite a while, but he's 35 years old and... Um, yeah, I thought the Roosters looked a lot better when he wasn't on the field. Yeah, it's 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 like an Auckland Nines Brad Fittler celebrity yeah. appearance. But anyway, enough with him. Everyone was sick. We do have reasons to be cheerful. Reasons to be cheerful. Part three. One, two, three. We do. Uh, Jay Tarpanay, reason to be cheerful. Jesus in career best form. And as wonderful. Ricky came out in the press conference and said as much. And yeah, yeah he's been saying what we've been saying the last few weeks. Yeah. He's, he's gone. He's finally he's gone to that potential. level. He's gone to that next level, and to the point that I think he can play any spot in the pack now. I don't oh, yeah. think. Oh, well, excepting hooker. I don't, I don't, <laughs> it's a long way to reach down. There. Yeah, it is. But I don't think there's a spot that he can't. Like, he can play front row. He can play second row. He yeah. can play, and he'll acquit himself. I think well his. Be, I think his best work's to be done through the middle. The one that I'm wondering where their best work to be done is at the moment. Um, Chn Corey Hirunara mm. didn't mm. look great. Didn't no. look great, and I don't know where he. I don't know where he plays. He looked a bit freaked out by the the occasion. I think. Yeah, he, I don't know where he looks too. I mean, he showed some pace before, but I don't know. He looks more like a middle than yeah, than a and at back this, rower. At this moment with Papa's shoulder, which another reason to be cheerful, looks like it was nowhere near as bad as we all were yeah. petrified of. Um, I think we'd be mad if we didn't rest him this weekend, in spite of the fact we must win against the Dragons. I still, you know. I'd want to give that another week, and you can put CHN in that front row rotation, rotation along with Ryan Sutton, and I think it'll be all right. Um, I think he'll do all right. Um, another reason to be cheerful, I thought Nick Cottridge, in spite of the fact he's going elsewhere, just kept having a dip all match. He kept having a dip. He wasn't fantastic on the high ball, but he kept challenging that line. He kept trying to break through. Always looked, apart from Joe Tarpanay, as our man most likely. Yeah. Um, and his defence was good too. Um, and another reason to be cheerful, we've done this before, but let's do it again. We're going to play the finals for the first time in consecutive years since 2004. And let's remember in 2004, the only reason we played in consecutive finals is because the Bulldogs got all their points stripped yeah. off them. Yeah. And that's the only reason we made in those finals. This time we're actually playing in the finals for real, back to back. It's I, not a bribery. And I believe <laughs> that's the first time since 2000. Yeah. You know, so you know that's uh, that's pretty good. Um, the Dragons match—it's must win. Um, it's down there at Wynn Stadium. We won last time when Kotrich got sent off, um, and you know that was a good win. Um, but this is going to be a harder harder match. Now the, the Dragons have had their finals chances extinguished. That you know they they've won six matches. They've only got twelve points. They're on a minus uh, points differential of minus 29 but having said that when you've only won 6 out of 17 matches so there's 11 they've lost to only have a, an average losing margin in your matches you know of minus 3 that's pretty good you know over the season that's that's actually pretty good so what you can say there is they might lose a lot but they don't lose by much yeah look the game there was a pretty when we wasn't that long ago we played them and it was a close match yeah, it was. And they, they came and they gave, gave well. And Paul Vaughan will be there and you know he'll want to shut up. That, did you see that video of Paul Vaughan um, oh, yeah, on, the the <laughs> on the sideline? Oh, yeah, he crazy stuff on the That was weird, it was, wasn't it? It was a, reminded me a bit of the episode of the Matthew Johns podcast featuring Brett Finch that's now disappeared, disappeared. Along, with, along with Brett Finch's 
media career. Yeah, it had that. It had that vibe to now, it. Now I'm sure Paul Vaughan knew that the stuff was on there because he, you know, he was sitting on the bench after his his suspension for his his COVID breach. But he really was doing a fantastic impression of a meth head. He was. But, you know, you look at the Dragon stuff. They lost last week to the North Queensland Cowboys. They shouldn't have. They blew that match. They lost the week before to the Titans, who are surging, and we saw that against us. They only just beat the Broncos. They did beat the Eels by two points. Um, they only lost to the Roosters by four points. Yes, it was an injury-depleted Roosters, but they only lost to four points, and the Roosters are good. They only lost to South Sydney Rabbitohs, who have been fantastic, by eight points. They only lost to the Sharks by four points. They beat the Bulldogs by enough, six. Enough, enough, enough. I'm just back saying, the only match where they've really cleaned someone up this season was against Manly, where they won 34-4. And apart from that... We should win this match because we have a lot more to play for. But the only thing I think that could be a motivator for the um, Dragon squad this weekend would be the fact that um, Griffin's been appointed their coach. Mm. And the playing group wanted Young. They wanted Dean Young as the coach. And the board's gone against the wishes of the players and have appointed Anthony Griffin, the, the headmaster, to come in. So I don't know whether the players will do it for Dean Young this week. That would be the only thing you could think. I, I think they're doing Anthony Griffin because they, they're intending on a clean-out. I think there's going to be a whole lot of players that are in that playing roster who are playing for food now. And I think that's our risk at the moment because they'll know that Dean Young's not in there, which means the chances are there's a whole lot of them with you know a postage stamp on to send them back to wherever the hell they came from. You know, And that's, and that's one of the big risks. Plus, they've got some players on their side who aren't just good, they're great. We know Paul Vaughan is great. He's a really good player. Um, I'm not sure about Ben Hunt at nine, but he has some talent. He's there. better at nine. He's better. Tyson Frizzell, I think, has gone past his peak, but still is really, really good. Cameron yeah. McGuinness at thirteen isn't setting the world on fire in regards to flair, but he's a really good player. Um, Corey Norman, who the hell knows what you're going to get? He's Forrest Gump's box of chocolates. He's going to be brilliant, be terrible. But Zach Lomax, I think everyone agrees on, is a star of the future. Yep. the kid is really, really and good. and Dufty's good too. Probably a little bit small to be last line of defence, but in attack, he is dynamic and he's fast as. Pereira on the wing is something else. Um, I think they can give it a real run for them for the money. Um, the Raiders have come out with pretty much an unnamed squad, uh, unchanged squad. Sutton, I'm still not sure. I mean, we could go through the whole team, but cutting to the chase, I'm, I still am not sure about the Kotrich uh, Rapana positional change. Hmm. Cottridge still seems to be more well, of a more obvious centre candidate, but maybe Ricky's just punishing him for the fact that oh, he's Ricky, leaving and he wants to play centre. Punishing him, he would have he would have played somewhere else. Um, but we Semi Valimi is a worry too. I, I think we need Scott and Oldfield back. Oldfield's back next week potentially, which would be good because yeah, Semi Valimi has been really thrown in the deep end. And yeah. Look, he didn't have a great game against the Roosters. He didn't, but he has he has a lot of speed. I want to see him in the open. They've chosen him over to Moko. Um, Tomoko on the extended more bench at, more at ease I thought in his opportunity maybe. than Semis looked maybe Look, nervous the whole time they did a big change um, before kickoff where they put Valimi in the side and put Tomoko out last week I know um, they may do something similar again and the side is in the front row Sutton, Starling and Papali I would have personally liked to see um, Havili start at hooker last week 
Um, I think Havili last classic ca- around the ruck, and yeah. I think to a certain extent he did. But I think Havili and the tough stuff at the beginning just has that big body. Havili the last couple of weeks hasn't had the impact. No, he hasn't. He didn't he have did a good game good against run. the Roosters. He had one good run, and he had one bad drop, but he hasn't. Yeah, he's and Bateman he's had a dirty off. game as well. Tried his guts out, but yeah. there was a couple of drops in there. He missed the tackle on Tedesco. Having said that, though, yeah, he missed the tackle, which was the first try, which was. That out of, yeah, it's, it's James Tedesco. Everyone misses that. It was a little out of character, but also too, I should stand corrected or should apologise for saying that he should have have his kicking license revoked because the kick finally came off. It really did. Was it for that we would have As had a I try. said last <laughs> week, he's the X factor, and you got to let him X. Yeah. And I was right. You were wrong. That's yeah. nice. You it's ass rare. clown. It's rare. Eighteen um, uh, percent of the time, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Whitehead and Bateman in the second row. Tarpanay at the lock. We got Georgie Williams and Jack White in the halves. Rapiner is partnering with Croker in the centres. Kotrick on one wing and Valame on the other wing. CNK holding up the back. The bench is Havili, Louis, uh, Hudson Young, and CHN. Corey Harawira Naira. And now, um, yeah, no, so there's only been 113 plus between these two sides in recent history, right? And that was the Raiders beating the Dragons. Apart from that, they've all been 112 wins, all of them. Yeah. So don't expect anything here. I think if the Raiders are going to get away with this, it'll be a tough arm wrestle. Uh, we won last time at win when Kotrich was sent off and scored more points when he was off than, than when he was on. Uh, I think personally Papa's unlikely, but maybe Sia will come in. Will we going to go through the extended bench? Yeah, now we get to that stage that everyone wants to. The extended bench is on the extended bench. And for the Raiders, we have Sam Williams, Matt Frawley, uh, Matt Tomoko, and Sia Soliola. You kind of, like, we could have built up to that Sia Soliola on the extended bench sort of angle, but you've kind of already put it out there. So well, you've he, kind of you've wrecked there. this segment. You've I've, wrecked it. I've wrecked it, have It's such a great Your segment. Your favourite segment, and you've wrecked it. Um, and it's all then, about building the tension, the drama. You know, you don't just come out. Anyway, anyway, then, who's on the who's on the Dragons extended bench? Blacker, Fuyamano, uh, Willie Army, and Fiegel. Uh, I'm going to give the extended bench to the Raiders there. Who was the last one on the for the Dragons? Fiegel's his name. Oh, Fiegel. Fiegel Sharky. Fiegel Sharky. You little thief. Let me tell you some more about Fiegel. He is so unknown that there is no profile for him. Okay. He's, so, uh, the NRL app still hasn't even managed to get a picture for Jordan Rapana, which is Rapana, Rapana, which is which is kind of odd. It is, it is kind of odd. I mean, considering but there I, should I, be something on on file. I think that's that the extended bench goes to the Raiders on this particular Definitely. occasion. Um, you know, just just simply for the fact that you know it looks better. Uh, now here's another section which I particularly love. Who's got lift? Who? Jack Whiten. Jack Whiten's my one too as well. And, and it's uh, not that he's playing bad football. He's not. His defence is great. Um, he's really getting the team around the field. He's kicking, you know, I'd like his penalties to find touch reliably. But he's, what he needs to do, like I was saying about John Bateman last week, he has to rise to that next level. He has to, in those big games, he has to come up, he has to get a hand on the ball, and he's got to hit that line like Laurie Daly used to and say, "I'm whatever I'm doing, I'm doing it 100 miles an hour and you better be scared because I'm Jack Whiten. Because yeah. when he does it, People will be scared because he is Jack Whiten. On his day, he can be the best player in the in the league, and I his believe his day that. needs to be pretty much every day. I know. Well, that, and that's what I'm saying before. That's the difference. If we're going to win know, this season, and I still think we can, that's what separates the good players yeah. from the great players. And he's he's on the cusp he's of greatness. The key. He's the yeah, he is, but he now needs to grab that and say, "I'm that guy," and he needs to get that absolute arrogance yeah. about it. And because if, if you look at someone like Josh Papali in this year we've seen and maybe last year as well 
the difference between his 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 good games and his great games is not much. No. And that's where Jack needs to get. He needs just to take it up. And that there level. is no bad games. Yeah. You know, Easier said than done, of course. Yeah, but he has got. And don't forget that Papa and Whitener are of exactly the same vintage. Yeah. Whiten was playing um, in the... 2012 or something they yeah, debuted. in 2012 they debuted. Whiten was on the under-20s match when they were playing against the Warriors. He played that one game. Warriors. That one game of... Oh, yeah. He came And back he came on and they, yeah. played, and they brought him on the second half and he changed the game and got the side into the into the, the next round. Yeah. Um, and that was the same day that Papa was in his, his debut season. He played a few, but that was the same day that Ferner set him on Gal and said, take yeah. care of Gal for me. And he did... Just a reminder, if you have any warped records at home that you really like straighten out, bring them into Landspeed Records because they have the ability to straighten out for you. And it's a wonderful service. And if you come in and show your Canberra Raiders membership, you will get 10% off the charge of flattening your... Free free, free vinyl flattening for all listeners of the show. Free vinyl. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. Someone free, actually took us up on that the other day. Free vinyl flattening for all of the... Mention Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. I'll flatten a record for you for free. Right, and we should say again that uh, Joe Tarpanay, there is a $10 Landspeed Records voucher underneath the counter. There's too few Jack Whiten. There's too few Dynamis Louie. Uh, who else am I missing? C&K. George, C&K's got one. George Williams has got one. Yeah. Um, they're here. John Bateman's got John one. Bateman's there. They're here. They're waiting for you, lads. Come in, uh, get them. They will be honoured. They will yeah. be honoured. No then. expiry. No expiry. They will be honoured. When you come in, just say, I listen to Blake and the Pork, and my name is Dynamis Louie. If you actually are Dynamis Louie, we're going to expect you to show yeah. some sort of ID. identification. ID. Um, because, you know, we don't just want anyone taking it, and those will be honoured. Uh, anyway, you have been listening to the fourth. Mo- oh, no, sorry. The third. <laughs> Still third, still third, baby. Still third most popular Raiders podcast on the internet. Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. I'm the Pork. I'm Blake. And we'll talk to you again soon. Blake and the Pork. Blake and the Pork.